0: Thanks for joining us online for today's message from our Sunday morning service where we are learning how to make disciples who love God, love others, and serve the world. We pray that you are encouraged and challenged. For more information about Wilmot Center Missionary Church, go to wcmc.ca. Now prepare your hearts for what God wants to speak to you today. One of our number went to the Czech Republic and was there for... Three months, I think. And I think she's in the house. So Carol, where are you? Oh, look at that. They're right there. So welcome back. And bless you. Thank you. Bless the Lord. Is there anyone else who would like to be recognized this morning? I mean, Carol didn't want to be. So please don't get me wrong. It's just that sometimes people say, yeah, well, you know what? I haven't been here for a while either. And you didn't say hi to me. So welcome and bless you. Everyone. Um, and, and please be praying, continue to be praying this week, whenever the Lord brings to mind about the children who are coming to BBC. Um, what a great week we're looking forward to. And uh, yeah, I'm looking forward to it. I am looking forward to it very much. Over the summer, uh, we're enjoying some of the wisdom that comes from the book of Proverbs. And this morning's, uh, this morning's message is about, uh, let's not just be a fool. Ha, ha, ha. Being wise or just being a fool. Uh, with the word fool often comes, or sometimes at least comes, fairly harmless humor, right? Because, oh, you're a fool, you're just being a fool. In fact, when we were... Uh, Talking together, we have a a group of people uh, known as the Creative Services Team, and I want to tell you that I so appreciate the fact that as we prepare for Sundays that I'm not flying solo, and that's actually not super common. In fact, oftentimes it's just the, 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 the pastor head who does all the prepping for the messages and so on, and And I have encountered at times when that has actually become a very possessive thing so that you don't touch my message. I've I've actually had that said to me. How dare you say anything about my message? And my response to that was and is, it better not be your message. It better be a message that is the Lord's. And, And that's not to say that that we will do that without mistake. But we need that kind of humility that, that, we are, that we are doing something very, very serious on Sunday morning when it comes to delivering the Word of God. But I am so grateful that we have a group of people um, who, who are, are fairly regularly in contact with each other and, and, and as well as the elders, when I ask them, will you please be praying for me about what to be speaking on next? Because it isn 't just about me and God, because the Holy Spirit is in every one of us amen so anyway i 'm I'm, I'm just so very glad for that, and when we were talking about it though of course we have we have lots of 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 laughs, and uh, one of the people who came to mind was Mr. T. do you remember Mr. it 's quite a throwback isn 't it but he would he would say, "Fool, you fool," he would say that so he he came to, he came to some of our minds pretty quickly. Uh, but Shakespeare would, in, in a number of his plays, he would have a character known as the court jester or the court fool. That was the, that was actually the term that was used. And so it wasn't such a derogatory word necessarily, and, and it isn't all the time. But that's in, in royal courts in the 1600s and earlier in the Renaissance time and other times before, there would be somebody who was in the court. It was disposable, by the way, but who would be in the court And the purpose of that person was to be witty, to be funny, to be entertaining, to be a bit of a ham, and would sometimes cross the line and, and then would learn briefly that he was disposable, and then he would remember nothing after that. But in the royal court of heaven, while I believe that God has a great sense of humor, I do believe that, God does not need a personal comedian. God does not need to be humored. And while I believe also that it's important for us to laugh, you know that about me, I believe it's important for us to laugh, but not laugh at people, not laugh at people's expense, but to have joy and to have laughter. There's another kind of fool, though, that I do not want to be, and that I'm sure you don't want to be. Uh, I appreciate people's love for their pets. But I was reminded this week that we've been created for much more than what pets have been created for. Even, even though sometimes people will say things like, like, uh, oh, your dog is so smart. And then we just have to put that in perspective, right? About what that means. Uh, because, for example, this is a picture of a dog that looks very much like ours. Uh, is adorably cute isn't it it's a, it's a it's a bichon uh frise or frisee it's a which some people translate as lap dog and that's not what it means but in any event so we have we have this little dog and on friday I, I went out to the garden to get some chard to make a smoothie and i do that almost every day and and sometimes i take the dog out and the dog I, I I would have said always, but the dog almost always just stays on the patio, it's at the side of the house, stays at the patio, lies down, looks around. Uh, she's quite obedient. But unknown to me, she heard the voice of our neighbor across the street, across the road, heard her voice, and this is the one person who has dog sat a few times. And she, and, and, and Willow, the name of her dog, Willow heard the neighbor, and when I when I finished gathering a few leaves, and I turned around, she wasn't there. And I, this was very, very rare, and I was, I was concerned. I, I, I posted something on Tarina's Facebook, on a page in her community, to say, dog's missing. I got on the bicycle, I rode around the block, I called her name. Um, I felt like, I mean, I felt like I cared. And I, no, I did. I did somewhat... <laughs> And I figured of all places she would probably if the one place that she would go would be across the street to the neighbors, but I didn't see. And I knew that I knew that a good neighbor would tell me that the dog would come over. So after about fifteen minutes, and not yet having called Tarina because I really didn't want to instill fear in her and, and Josiah, I, I went across the road and I knocked on the door, and who answers the door? Willow. when I told Tarina the story, uh, she told me that once before the the same neighbor had come over to the house, the dog hadn't seen her. And the the neighbor said, shh, don't tell the dog I'm here. I'm going to surprise her. And so she calls Willow and says, Willow, Willow, come see me. And what does Willow do? Willow didn't go looking around the property to find the neighbor where the voice had come from. As soon as she heard the voice, she ran across the street to the house. Because animals and dogs, they behave instinctively, right? Uh, they, They behave based on instinct. They behave based on repetition and what they have learned. And we have been created with a capacity for so much more. Now, it's fair to say that sometimes we don't behave any more intelligently than they do. But we have been created with a capacity for so much more. We've been given the opportunity for understanding and wisdom. We have been given the opportunity to make good and godly choices and decisions. We have been given the opportunity to be led by the Holy Spirit. For We've been given opportunity to learn from our personal experiences and, and, and to be wise based on all of the things that we have experienced and learned and to receive wisdom from the Spirit. The last week... I gave this acronym on the word wise. That wisdom is a combining of information or knowledge, the spirit of God and experience. We take these things together and we can expect to make wise decisions when we take the time to put these together when we make big decisions. But I believe that these three parts are not equal. Would you agree with me? I believe that these three parts are not equal. So I need to pause at this point and emphasize what I prayed about, that the Lord made it so very clear to me and to my spirit this week, just as I was praying, as Trina and I were praying yesterday, I want to encourage you that if for any reason you think poorly or lowly of yourself, if for any reason, you might think it's a good reason, you might recognize that it's not, that you think you have little to offer, for any reason that you think you haven't accomplished very much, and so you're not worth much, or that you're not popular enough, and so you're not worth much, or you can't do a lot, I want to say emphatically this morning, and declare this morning, that that is not ultimately who you are, amen, that is not who you are, if it were, then life would be a game or a race about Gathering information and knowledge and experience and accomplishment. That's all life would be about. And I'm sorry to say, and I'm sad to say, that there are many people who believe that because God is not in the equation. The Holy Spirit's not in that equation. There would be something else on the letter S. And let me challenge you, on the other hand, that if for some reason you think highly of yourself because of what you've accomplished or how popular you are or what you can do. That is not ultimately who you are. I want to encourage you and me this morning and challenge us and declare your relationship and my relationship with the eternal creator, author, designer of all that is good, like a child held safely in the arms of his or her loving parent. That you're in my relationship with the eternal, living, sinless Jesus Christ who died in our place to afford us eternal life, I was reminded so so graphically by a Halifax firefighter this past week who died saving the life of his son at a waterfall in eastern Canada. I was reminded of Jesus and what he did for us. Only it's eternal. And Jesus rose again. That your and my relationship with the eternal Holy Spirit who reveals and confirms the truth and the will of God and testifies to Jesus and does so much more. That you're in my relationship with God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit is the most significant part of our identity. Amen? It is the ultimate understanding of who we are. It is the beginning of wisdom or the beginning of folly depending on our response. And more about that this fall, because this fall our plan is that we're going to have a vital series on identity together as a church, uh, including the children, because it's going to be material for them as well, to really focus in on what is, what does God say by his word that our identity is. And I encourage you to look forward to that And look forward also to who do I know who needs to be encouraged about their identity in Christ. Whether you bring them here on Sunday morning or you take what God's word says and you take it to them. Whichever is going to be the more comfortable for that person so that they can grow in Christ. Amen? These three parts of wisdom are not equal because it's our relationship with the spirit. With God who is spirit. It's the only one of the three parts that can stand alone for the obtaining of wisdom. Because information or knowledge alone will not do it. Experience alone will not do it. Those things in and of themselves will not give us wisdom. But the Spirit of God will give us wisdom. Because some of the most brilliant people spiritually have had very limited education. Because they have been attuned to the spirit of god now to be clear i don't for a moment disparage demean the value of learning and experience in education because they have been instrumental in my life and they continue to be instrumental in my life because i still have a student card and i got i got word uh microsoft word package at a student rate because i could log into my school Woo! I have a very high value on education. But without apology, I will subject these things to the wisdom of the Spirit. I will subject these things to the Word of God. And the Spirit, I believe, is personified in Proverbs chapter 8. We're not going to go to Proverbs chapter 8, but you're very welcome to read that. Where we are today... If you're hurting and broken within, let me flip back. Uh, thank you. Where we're landing today is at the end of the, of the seven verses that we looked at last Sunday, and that is Proverbs chapter 1, verse 7. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge. And the opposite, fools despise wisdom, and fools despise instruction. King Solomon, who wrote this, second king of Israel, son of David, Wisely distinguished wisdom from instruction alone. Because instruction itself and what we learn, what we take in, that will not give us wisdom. It can, be part of the, it can be part of the equation. If you're on a track of learning, whether it's high school or college or university or a trade or a profession or the school of life or you're learning lots online or, or you're involved in some self-directed learning, I encourage it. I encourage it. And may that learning be accompanied by a humility that subjects all that you and I learn and do and are to revering God. That's what fearing is about here. Fearing here is not, is, is not about being terrified. Unless we choose to have nothing to do with God, then I believe there will be a, a day of intense fear because of that decision that we, that, that we, that we may choose. But this, this fearing is intended to be a revering of God and a putting of God in the place where God belongs, which is King of kings and Lord of lords, that we are subject to Him. The fearing and revering and worshiping God are essential for wisdom. Fearing, revering and worshiping God are essential for knowledge. Jesus said in Matthew twenty four thirty five, heaven and earth will pass away, but my words will not pass away. This earth will pass away. I believe that. The Bible says so. The Bible says that, that, that they will come. Heaven and earth will pass away from the words of in the mouth of Jesus but my words, my words, Jesus said, will not, they are eternal because they are from the eternal. Fearing, revering, worshiping God is essential for understanding more than what we can learn and know on our own as humans. And I am blown away. You know that, that or you may know just from things that I've said that I am absolutely blown away uh, by astronomy and I am blown away by, by those things that have to do with with looking in to the greatness of the universe. It just absolutely blows my mind. There are some brilliant minds in the world right now, I don't know if you're aware of this, but they are very seriously, this is not a sci-fi movie, but they are very seriously making plans for surviving on a space station. I mean surviving on a space, not just sending them up and testing it, but living on a space station. Because these these are secular people who are not following God necessarily. Because they recognize that the track that we are on, and I don't know exactly how it's going to happen, none of us does, but the track that we are on is going to end up in great catastrophe for the earth. And so they're saying, we need a plan. But I believe that God has given us a plan. As amazing as that is, Uh, To see what's being done in aerospace technology. Uh, It's it's amazing. But God has given us a plan. That's not going to work. As amazing as it is. Because God says through the mouth of Jesus. Jesus says, heaven and earth will pass away. But my words will not. And Jesus says, I am preparing a place for you. And if it were not so, I would have told you so. And he's the only one who's been resurrected from the dead. So I have a tendency to believe what he says. I believe that Jesus makes sense. Do you believe that today? And if you don't, I so encourage you to very intentionally seek after who Jesus is and what he has to say. Because I, 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 totally, I totally get agnosticism. I totally get skepticism. But when we pursue Jesus wholeheartedly and sincerely, something will change and it will change eternally jesus makes sense i believe the bible makes sense Uh, and, and and through god's word that's how we come to know things that we have no business or ability knowing on our own i believe in the prophetic and i believe that god reveals things that we have no business knowing on our own do you want that kind of wisdom you want that kind of i want that kind of wisdom. And I don't want that kind of wisdom in order that I, 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 can, I can lord over people or control people. I don't want it so that I can say, look at me. But rather, I want to be able to serve the Lord as he would have me serve him. I listened to a pastor this week relate how he was meeting uh, with a man from his church. Uh, thanks to Betty Brezo for sending me this. He was an angry, critical, unhappy chap. I don't know if you've ever met one of these. Uh, maybe they're related. But as the pastor prayed, as the man was in his office, as the pastor prayed for wisdom, the Holy Spirit gave him an image of a nine-year-old boy hiding under his bed. And with a certain amount of uncertainty and fear, but with fear of the Lord, he said to the man, as I was praying with you just now, I was given this image of a nine-year-old boy hiding under a bed, afraid that his father is going to beat him. And the man absolutely melted. Why? Because God had given a revelation to this pastor. It doesn't have to be somebody with credentials. I mean with human credentials. But he gave this to the pastor that he had absolutely no business knowing. On his own. Except by the Holy Spirit revealing that. You know a great many universities and hospitals were founded by Christians. You know that? And I would dare say that probably the majority of universities that have been founded were founded by people of faith. Established them as places of learning and hospitals as places of healing dedicated to worshiping and serving God, dedicated to knowledge and learning and understanding and healing whatever whether it was a school or, or a hospital for the glory of God. One of those universities is Wilfrid Laurier University. And uh, you might not know this, but WLU has been the acronym of that, of that school ever since its founding. But when it was founded, it was not founded as Wilfrid Laurier University. It's kind of a cool thing that they could keep the acronym. It was founded as Waterloo Lutheran University. I couldn't even make that up. But that's where my father went. And it was actually a subsidiary of of Western in London. And and Western actually granted my father's degree when he went to WLU because it didn't yet have, uh, it wasn't yet certified to do that. And one of the hospitals that clearly, obviously was created, dedicated to serving God is St. Mary's Hospital, just by name. You can tell that. The sad reality is that most universities have totally lost sight of that. And they have moved far from the place of submitting their learning to their founder, who is God. So recognizing, oh, we founded something, but God founded you. And established themselves and the institutions as the ones to be revered. That learning in itself, per se, that learning in itself is to be revered. And while scientists like Copernicus and Descartes and Newton and others understood their work to be subject to God, even Einstein said, he was not a believer, but even Einstein said, you can look this up, that he could not believe in a non-created universe. Einstein said that. He recognized the impossibility of a non-created universe. Despite those attestations, despite those those, those recognitions, I fear that without holy fear we replace wisdom with human wisdom when compared to God, is, you understand context, is foolishness. Because the foolishness of God is greater than the wisdom of man. Foundational to understanding wisdom versus foolishness is our having an active living reverence of God. Not just, not just a sidebar recognition. Yeah, I believe in God. That's a great start. But a living, active recognition of the reality and the activity of a God who loves us so much, but a God who also requires justice. Proverbs 14, verse 9, with this in mind, says, fools mock at sin, but among the upright there is goodwill. Because unfortunately what happens when we become the destination is that we will do anything and whatever we choose to do and say that it's okay, and we will create a new morality. Morality that is in direct opposition with the word of God. And people will say things like, you just need to get with the times. I heard that on the news this morning. You just need to get with the times. You understand, you understand where the source of that is from. The source of that is not from God. We need to get with the word. We need to get with the word. And then a fool does not delight in understanding but only in revealing his own mind. So this understanding has to do with not just human understanding, but spiritual understanding that is confirmed by the Spirit and the Word of God. There are about a hundred uses of the word wisdom and wise in the Book of Proverbs, and there are a similar number. There is a similar number of uses of the words fool and foolish and foolishness in the Book of Proverbs, about a hundred each. And foundational to the understanding of wisdom versus foolishness is an active. Living reverence of God, an active living worship of God. As I say, not just a sidebar recognition of God. And we exercise that wisdom by trusting God, by walking in obedience to God, by expecting to hear from God, by believing in the Word of God and recognizing the activity of God, and so much more. I want to be wise. I want to be wise. I want wisdom. I want wisdom for the mundane activities to be wise in my decisions. I want to be wise for the bigger decisions of life. I want to be able to hear the supernatural prompting and wisdom of the Holy Spirit, to know and to learn and see and understand what human education cannot reveal, not to disparage it, but I want to hear from Him. I want to be wise in Him. Jesus' brother James, his part brother James, warned in James chapter 1, you do not have, some I mean of you could finish this, because you do not ask. And you can look at that chapter one for the bigger context. You ask and do not receive because you ask with wrong motives so that you may spend it on your pleasures. I, I think that's truth. while jesus invites us in matthew 7 to keep asking and to keep seeking and to keep knocking that's the other side of it that when we keep asking we keep seeking we keep knocking we will come to understand more we will receive we will find and we will enter in as we do that continually not as one officer just from time to time I was away earlier this month. I want to invite the, the musicians forward at this time. I was I was away uh, earlier this month, in part for for some physical stuff. And just quick aside, praise the Lord! They took my gallbladder out. It had stones in it. It was sick, and so I give God complete glory and praise that that uh, they could they could. Yeah, Amen. Amen. Because um, I I believe he gave, he gave that re- recognition and understanding that. That Jesus is an immovable rock. <laughs> to be completely trusted in. Sorry about that. That's, that's, thank you for that, because that's what I was going to talk about right now. But while I was away uh, at school, uh, at the edge of the property of where I was, there was a, there was a creek. Was a little creek. And as, as I was there and as I was praying... I was reminded of of something in Scripture. And I want to go to, to Joshua chapter 4 just to read this as, as I wrap up. Uh, and while, while this word isn't used in Joshua chapter 4, it's used in 1 Samuel. It's the word Ebenezer. It has nothing to do with Christmas and Scrooge. But Ebenezer uh, has to do with a pile of stones that would be left at a place as a monument as, as a reminder that God did something and as I was as I was at that stream, I just watched a beautiful just a, the, you know the sound of a babbling brook and and hearing that water is just so peaceful and and I believe it, it was the spirit this thought came to me about about Ebenezer's and how. In Joshua chapter 4, this is what happened. When the whole nation had finished crossing the Jordan, I mean, there's a whole backstory to that, of course, but, but this was about the people of Israel coming out of bondage in Egypt, wandering for 40 years to finally get it right and to follow God after a lot of fear and disobedience. And finally, they crossed the Jordan. They're coming into the promised land. And the Lord said to Joshua, choose 12 men from among the people, one from each tribe, and tell them to take up 12 stones from the middle of the Jordan River, from right where the priests are standing. Carry them over with you and put them down at the place where you stay tonight. And so Joshua called together the 12 men he appointed and said to them, go over before the ark of the Lord and each of you is to take a stone upon his shoulder. They were considerably bigger than these. According to the number of the tribes of Israelites, to serve as a sign among you. And in the future when your children ask you, what do these stones mean?" Tell them that the flow of the Jordan was cut off before the ark of the Covenant of the Lord, just like the parting of the Red Sea, there was the parting of the Jordan. God did it twice. And when across the Jordan, the waters of the Jordan were cut off, and these stones are to be a memorial to the people of Israel forever. I just believe believe, uh, that we can use this as a a simple little tangible reminder of the wisdom and the activity and the faithfulness of God in our lives. The word Ebenezer means stone of help. It shows up in a couple of songs uh, that were written years ago. Here I raise my Ebenezer. That means I I raise a a pile, a monument, a reminder of of God's wisdom and activity and, and what he did in my life that was faithful and true. And so we have uh, stones. Where are they? They're at the back. Okay. So when you go from this, uh, from this place, uh, no, we, can you bring them in, Chris? Are they there? Okay. Will you bring them up here, please, right? Thank you. I want to invite you that, that while, we, while we sing, I, I, I want to invite you, if you want to. Uh, I hope you don't run out. If we do, tell me and we'll get some more. Yeah, this is great. Awesome. Thank you. I just want to invite you while we're singing. I just want you, I, I want to invite you to come and to take a stone. They're a good size. Please they are not projectiles. Uh, unless unless you find a large body of water. And this is just a little reminder during this series of, of Proverbs and of wisdom that we're, that we're on about for the rest of the summer. Just as a reminder of whatever it might remind you about the faithfulness, the wisdom, the activity of God in your life. Sound okay? And uh, you might have other reminders. You might not need this. That's totally fine. But, but if, if this is of any, of any benefit, I'm going to take one, set it on my desk. Lord, I pray that even today you would fill your people with the spirit of wisdom. And then in the name of Jesus, Lord, we pray against any spirit that comes in opposition to that because it has no place. It has no place in your children. And we have no business giving in to them. And so, Lord, I pray that you would fill us with your wisdom to be able to divide truth, to be able to understand what is true and what is false. be able to share that wisdom with those that we have influence over and those that we come into contact with, with the same kind of love and grace and passion that Jesus did. And so we go from this place into what a beautiful day. Thank you, Lord, for the day that you have made. We will be glad and rejoice in it. And Lord, I pray your blessing on each person. I pray your blessing on each family represented in this place. And Lord, we pray your blessing and your direction, Wilmot Center Missionary Church. Lord, we pray for this country. That it would know to follow after you. And so we go from this place. Lord, may we go with the joy of you. And we pray in the abundantly generous name of God, the Father, and God, the Son, and God, the Holy Spirit, and all God's people say, amen and amen. God bless you. God bless you. Go in peace. Go in wisdom. Thanks for listening online with us. We trust you were encouraged and challenged by today's message. If you have a prayer request or an encouraging story about what God has been doing in your life, please email us at amen at wcmc.ca. God bless.